bump, 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 bump. It's like, there's another one. I'm trying to like rip somebody's um jingle off. I'm having a jingle contest for The Third Degree with James Major Burns. And I'm your host, James Major Burns, welcome. But I'm having a jingle contest and I haven't really told the world yet. I just keep talking about it on the podcast that I have recorded and have yet to release. So um, I probably should tell the world that. I'm going to tell them today. I should write that down. I hate hitting this thing in this spring springing. Uh, I have to watch my mouth on here too. That one was hard right there. Anyways, greetings. This is The Third Degree with James Major Burns, and I am your host, James Major Burns. And remember, this is a safe space, an outlet for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and our world. This is a chance to share what's behind the mind of the creatives versus what the world sees us to be. Because what you see ain't always the truth. All right? Here we get to learn, laugh, love, and share together. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're about five days away from being home with our loved ones, our bread and butter, you know, our cupcake batter, our people, our roots. We're almost there. Five days left, seven shows, Shrek the Musical, La Comedia, Dinner Theater, Springboro, Ohio. If you missed it, you missed out. Period. And then after that, you can catch me in Dreamgirls, the musical at Youngstown Playhouse, September 6th. Hope to see you there. Run two weekends, Jimmy Thunder early. Period. So I'm not going to keep you waiting anymore. I know why you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, far quad, far quad, um, Mr. Corey Candlelit. Hi, James. <sighs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't speak over the crowd. They're just, they're just going insane. They're going, ah, calm down, people. We need you guys to calm down. We'll never be able to get through the show. Ah, I just can't believe it. It's far quad. Hey, play. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough of that. I had to turn that applause sound off. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corey, finally, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, finally in the hot seat with James Major Burns. Oh, thank you. I like the ring of that. You look you look good. Got yourself a nice little fade. Thank you're, you. You're, thank you. I did get a haircut today. You're leaving out like the Corey I met. Yes, yes. My hair grows rather fast. You got some locks. You have some, yeah. um, some locks They're going on. They're very like. thick and curly once they get longer. And yeah, luscious locks. I had to get rid of them. And we had enough of that. So... Anyway, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> I'm going to miss you too. Oh, we've had a yeah. great time. We, I've we, had so we started, much fun I, with you. We started this whole thing <laughs> June 1st, June 2nd, I think, shacking up upstairs in yeah, this house. Yeah, it's just the two of us. Yeah. And in this big, big room upstairs. Huge room. And we just yeah. had our two beds and my clothes all over the floor. Absolutely. Yes. It was a clear distinctive right. <laughs> between my room and your room in one room, yes. And then we moved down to our single bed bedrooms. Across the hall from each other. Yes. And I was glad to have this one side over here by myself because mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone on either side. And, you know, I can't really hear you talking across the hall mm-hmm. as I could if we were, you know, room to room. Right. But even when I walk into you guys' room now, I'm like, oh, they have stuff just... Put up and put away. 
You have a calendar. You use I mean, behind me is a disaster. Hey, I don't know why I just keep everything on the floor. It's, it's okay. It's okay. If it works for a, you, it works for you. I have you know? an on-the-floor clean pile and an on-the-floor yeah, dirty I'm pile. I'm the same way, just with clothes. Like, my yeah. clothes are everywhere, but I'm a pretty clean person other than that. Yeah. Tidy, tidy. Because you're not tidy. dirty. You're right. just... No, I'm just messy. Not. Oh, there's I'm, a difference. I'm messy. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, you have been a wonderful Laura Farquhar. How much fun has it been playing a fun villain? Um, I've actually never really played the villain professionally, at least. Even when I was doing community theater, I've n- I've never played the villain. Um, but I just did. Uh, Peter and the Starcatcher, and I had the opportunity to work with an amazing actor who played Black Stash, um, and he taught me a lot about um, how to be a comedic villain and how the timing and, and, and the commitment to being the evil one is, is a big deal and will kind of set you apart from like just a regular, everyday villain that's not funny. Right. It is, um, the, this is my third time doing Shrek, but the second time I wanted to be Farquaad. I was like, I want to be the villain. And what more fun to be is a fun villain than anything. Yeah. And I love been, that. It's been awesome. Um, I've, Chris Beiser, our director has given me a lot of freedom, um, which has been, um, really great, uh, in the rehearsal process to kind of explore and find new things. Um, and, I think that the last time that I played a character like this was the Cat in the Hat in Susical in 2015, I think. Um, <clears throat> and that's kind of another like written in ad libby part um, where the actor has the freedom to kind of like interact with the audience and break the fourth wall and, and do things like that, which uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to come here and, and uh, have gotten some really, really great crowds and some uh, really cool people that I've gotten to interact with. Um, through this show and through this part. Oh, yes. It has been (laughs) so much fun. And I've never really had the chance to have a character um, to who, like, breaks the fourth wall. Besides the leading player, but he has... All his lines are scripted, and he's a certain kind of character. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, um, like, ad-lib. And especially not with the director who directed that show. He would not have it. But it was... um, a lot of fun being evil, but I had a hard time understanding the character because of the whole process. And it wasn't until the show opened and going into the second weekend that I was like, oh, I kind of get this now. Right. But by then I was like, well, I only have three days to try to develop this character. Right. And I'll never see it again. Yeah. When I first got the script and I was trying to really figure out Farquaad, because obviously it's an iconic part just because of the movie and how, how yes. and the... He's hilarious. He's the, like the quad movie trilogy. I don't know what you would call it if it's four movies, but the series of right. Shrek, Shrek a movies. I'm calling it a quilogy. <laughs> quilogy, okay. <laughs> um, the quilogy of Shrek movies um, has really set the precedent of like these characters and, and these extremes that you, you can play in on a stage. And I think that when I first got the, the script and the part and had to kind of think through... Um, what, what he, 
what why he was doing what he was doing and, and what brought him to Duloc and and why he took over and and what insecurities he held and you know uh, how he met Thelonious all, all these other things that I, I kind of like had to work out with my beautiful girlfriend um, and we kind of talked through it and she asked me questions about like well how long do you think it's been since you know with with the information they that the script gives you and the information that's in the movie and you know, just from what you can take, obviously, from what he says, um, and then building on that so that when I came in, I had a pretty good understanding of what he would say if he had the freedom to do this and ad-lib and do stuff like that. Now, I definitely rewatched um the musical on Netflix because I thought that was close to exactly what we'd be doing, and I didn't realize how different it was like for right. my character a little bit. And also that donkey isn't the donkey I grew up with. Right. And it doesn't so much to ha- have to do with what his voice sounded like as far as like him sounding like donkey, but just how he was playing the character for me. I just, it was like some kind of disconnect for me because it just didn't remind me of the donkey. Mm-hmm. I remember. And th- that's just my personal preference preference, but I thought he did a great job. He sounded great. And so I'm watching that. So I didn't even watch the movie over. I just have this print in my mind of who Donkey was to me. And I think that's what um, the audience looks for is those things that remind them of their favorite character. Like we were talking about, like, you know, people are going to, they're just going to, they're coming in loving us already. Right. We don't have to work as hard we for. Were, we were just talking about that. The character, um, the audience to really ago, love us. Or, I'm already their favorite. Right. Right. And, and for, for us being next to each other and meet and greet, I think that we hear, a lot of things in the meet and greet line that that are character specific to even to each other or to to Shrek and Fiona, um, that uh, are 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 essentially that like when people come up to you and be like you sound just like Eddie Murphy it's like well you're James Major Burns and you're right. your own person and you you play this uh, uh, you know in in the same kind of light as Eddie Murphy because that's you know the precedent and that's what it is. Um, but you do so much of your own stuff right. and, and your own... And as much as they think I sound like him, I don't... Right, right. You know? Right. <laughs> like, it, I, sometimes I'm listening to myself and I'm like, I hope they're still loving this because this sounds different than how I sounded when I even got here. Mm-hmm. At least it, that's how it sounds coming through my ears. And I was going to ask, have you ever done a show this long to where you had this opportunity to develop a character thoroughly for seven, eight weeks? Um... Yeah, I've I usually my runs are about uh, six weeks. Um, the ones that I do uh, at the Iverton Playhouse in Connecticut, uh, which is where I've done a bulk of my professional uh, work. Um, and okay, David Thomas of Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, right. I could, I well, could no, because it. it's 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 it, being a local actor, um, you know, near an equitable theater where I could gain EMC points and get paid good money to. Um, to try, you know, be compensated for gas and those things that, you know, um, uh, that amazing theater in Connecticut was able to do for me was, uh, was really, really great, uh, start to Listen, I wish I lived that close to a theater to where, how far is it from your home? Uh, about 30 minutes, about a 30 minute drive. Um, but they, they will compensate you for gas. They'll compensate their local actors for, for the gas for coming and driving to the theater, um, and it was great. It was, and I, I got to work under Todd Underwood and Brian Fian and a bunch of fantastic directors who have, um, in turn gotten me and just a crew and cast that have also, you know, networked 
with me and now I'm in this big web of people and you know I've performed with some really really cool people that are now doing really big things and I also know people that are like you know doing children's theater and now I'm in Ohio and so people kind of all have, um people are on cruise lines and amusement parks and so you're essentially the Spider-Man of theater <laughs> I'm not <laughs> theater is a spider web in itself yes I was just connecting the web right you. right but it's great to have those connections, no matter where you have gotten them. Even if you did theater at Connecticut for the next 10 or 15 years. Right. It's um, more of the love that I love being around people who have the same love they had before they right. could make it a career, before they realized that they could get paid from it. I think we still go into the shows right. with that um, foundation. And then the perks. Are, are great too. So right, right, right. we're like, okay, well, there's there's more we can do with that. Right. Oh, there's more to come from that. So I think that's great. But so to answer your earlier question, because we got totally sidetracked by talking about Iverton, um, but in those in those um, when I first did my longer run, I was in the ensemble of Saturday Night Fever, um, which was my first professional show. It was um, really really great because it was you know a lot of just kind of going and grooving in a in a club in the '70s every night, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a few scenes where I had to kind of make some cameo um, appearances, but um, for the most part, it was just um, it was just you know going out singing and dancing, which was fantastic. But the next show that I had uh, that I did with them was the Fantastics, where I played the mute, uh, which is a character that has no lines and um, kind of runs around the stage and, and gives swords where they're needed and, and magic where where it's needed and, and all this stuff. And I. Thankfully, with uh, the help of an incredible crew there and an amazing director in Brian Fian, I was given a lot of um, freedom to kind of explore that character outside of its bounds and kind of use my instincts to find where I fit on the stage and in the scenes, um, which grew throughout the whole process because I really had to kind of figure out without any lines of my own to, to go off of how I how I fit into this very storytelling, um, magical, romantic musical. That was beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> but um, I, we've talked about that role a lot, and to have to go through an entire show and figure out how to express yourself in a moat with no lines and no words, I'm sure is a difficult task. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I had a lot of the reviews that I had gotten from, uh, the people that I had come see the show, um, and people that I trust were that it was an interesting thing that you were almost, um, like if I ever was confused and, and needed to know in the audience how to feel or what to feel, I could look at you and you were a very, um, a, a good, a good medium of the story and like, almost like you were the audience on stage and we got to see, what we feel in your in your emotions and in your facial expressions and in the way you held your body and and um, and the way that you know I, I ran around stage and created magic kind of ha- made them feel part of it in a way, um, which was really interesting because that's not at all what I was going for. I, like, I, <laughs> right. I, I was just like, I totally really, different from to what be you honest, were thinking. I really was just running around for the first week and a half. I really was just like. Didn't really know what to expect. Had done all my research about the show, but there was not much about the mute 
and we also did it in a very different way because it's usually done with two dads. We did it with two moms, which is not all different, but it carries very different themes, um, like maternity and, and, and motherliness and, um, and things like that. Um, but so originally they had set out to cast a female as the mute and I ended up getting cast, um, after a local audition where I, funniest story, I went in thinking that I was going to audition for Matt. I had picked this song, all this stuff. And, uh, um, and I went in, you know, I had shaved to look younger and stuff like that. And I was ready. And before the, and I had worked here before and before the audition even happened, the artistic director of the theater came down and, and had sides in her hand and, and silly me, I thought that she was had saw my name on the list and came down and was like, Hey, of course, let's like let, have Corey read for Matt. And I was like, Oh, great, wonderful. I was like, huh, flipping my hair, <laughs> yes. thought I was the greatest. And because there's other people around that makes you feel good. And I and and she came to me and she put a, a monologue of El Gallo's, which is uh, the, basically the storyteller who kind of um, uh, inserts himself into the into the into the into the uh, into the show into the story that he creates. Um, and I was confused because that had already been cast, so I was confused why I was looking at a, why why she was pointing to this. She was like, and I was like, I was confused, so I asked. Uh, you want me to go in and do that? And she said, no, no, no. We want you to physically interpret this monologue. And I was so unprepared because I did not, I, I was, I was so confused. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? That's, and I was like, okay, sure. She was like, take your time. And when you're ready, come out, just, just come on up. And I was like, oh, okay. And so in like, I don't know, seven minutes, I, I had my friend read the, the the monologue. I read it to myself a few times, like silently, and just like came up with some like I, emotions and things that I thought fit right. in a like a artistic way, <laughs> sort of mimey way, and and then they the, then I had someone read it for me while I did it. I did it once in this audition room, like surrounded by people that were also like trying to like get ready for their audition, and I was like trying to like figure it out. And then I w they were like, do you want to do one more time? And I was like, no, if I, if I don't, if I do it one more time or like take any more time, I'm going to forget all of that. Cause like, I was so not ready for this. And I went up and did it. I like, I, it was like the ticking time and like, the, it was very poetic. And like, <laughs> I, I was like I doing all this, this stuff. Like, yeah, no, it was ridiculous. And, and they were like, yeah, mute. So what did you think? Like, did you were like, uh, um, think at all? Like, okay, so I'm definitely not going to be mad. Well, it well. I well no because I wasn't mad until I wasn't mad I wasn't mad I was frustrated when they said that was great and then I went to go reach for my book that was on the piano to 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 sing and they were like that's all we need from you today Ooh. and I was like and I was so upset because I was so prepared to sing and so prepared wow. to like go for that part and I ended up being cast as the mute which I, I got paid really well and I got more EMC points and I got great reviews, ended up winning an award, found, found my home in physical comedy with that part. Like, I, I swear to you, I did not expect when those reviews to come out to, to be anything in them. You know what I mean? I really was just running around. I promise I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, so we talked about um, just being silly. That's things all I like did. that. I talked about that. Um, certain things like that with, um, a lot of the castmates about um, doing 
and getting roles that are meant that better fit your qualities versus mm-hmm. what you want for yourself. Right. Like going into it. Um, so when I asked him, I'm like, so what's your um, dream role? And then what's the um, role that you want to play that you think fits your qualities best? Because right. those will probably be two different things. Right. And just like I was, when we like, we're redoing my resume and we were talking about like Donkey as a character versus like other characters that I've played. So even in, right. um, how we were putting it together. But let's get back to Shrek, um, right. the musical. And I have a couple of questions about that. So the audition process. How'd you hear about Shrek, the musical? Um, I, I forget. I think it was on Facebook, to be honest, which is so, which is so bizarre because I... I never find my auditions on Facebook. <laughs> so it's never the first thing that happens. I'm either on backstage or one of my friends texts me or Does I'm at an audition like someone it, else. And then you saw it. Um, I think it just came up as a notification as um, a few of my friends were going to an event and oh. around me. And I clicked on it and just saw that a lot of my friends were going to the struck audition. And I, and I clicked on it and it was paid and it was in Ohio and it was... Uh, a role that I fit, and I so I went in, and that's actually uh, the craziest story. Um, actually, I'm actually going to read something to you. I'm going to bring something up because that's one of the craziest. Uh, what is it? It's my day that happened. I ended up um, going from audition to audition to audition this day. Um, oh, hardworking man. Um, actually, no, it's, it's interesting because, um, that's like one of the only times that I know people that do that all the time. Um, and I know people that say they're actors and don't go on auditions ever, um, which doesn't make them not artists. You know, it doesn't make them not actors. It just, you know, they, they might be creating in other ways, but I'm someone who, you know, I go to auditions that I think are smart for myself and don't try to go to too many auditions and, and maybe that's an excuse and whatever, but I go, I, I sometimes go on spurts of auditions. Sometimes I'm working too much. Sometimes I'm doing a gig so I can't, or I say that I can't or whatever, cause I'm too tired or want to put my best foot forward. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into it, but yeah, but here, let me did see you it. find it? Yep. Okay. So this is a status that I put up March 5th which is the day that I auditioned for Shrek the Musical. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about what actors do on a daily basis. Try to wake up at 5 a.m. to wait in line to put your name on the audition list, hopefully a low number. Actually wake up at 7 a.m. and make it to the studio by 8 a.m. to be 319th on the list. That was at Shrek. Wait, wait, wait. Find out there's a union dance call that non-union actors are usually not seen at that is seeing non-union actors early. That is Legally Blonde uh, that was being done in South Carolina at uh, Hilton Head, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Hilton Head, South Carolina, North Carolina. I, I don't really, I'm not In really one of totally our sure. beautiful Carolina states. Um, but Todd, uh, who has directed me in Saturday Night Fever, Grease, and A Chorus Line, um, one of my really, really good friends, uh, a mentor of mine, he was directing that, so I went in to do that. Um, uh, sign up on that list and try to keep track of where auditions are on their list. Wait, wait, wait. Find out there calling non-union actors in the dance into dance. Ten minutes at the in ten minutes at the other audition. Quickly change into dance clothes and go dance. Get cut. I sh- I <laughs> did not do well. Um, 
and I knew I could have done well, and I could see Todd cut me, and I was like, ooh. No, 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 no. It was okay. And when he cut me, I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't deserve to be What was the show here. for? Legally Blonde. Oh, you did say that. Okay. Um, that was that audition. Yeah. Uh, weigh the pros and cons of running 10 blocks downtown to go to yet another audition for the McHayton season, which is in uptown New York, I believe, um, which was about, yeah, it was down 10 blocks. Um, uh, decide around 1.30 to go down to the other audition. Sign up uh, as number 119th on that list. Wait, wait, wait. Find out that they aren't starting that audition until 3.30, even though they said they was going to start at 3, which happens all the time. Do the math and realize that you won't be seen into in time to make you, it work by 5. So drop off the resume and apologize for even signing up and having to leave. Um, and hopefully they'll call you based on your resume and your headshot. Put in the mix, whatever. Um, Text a friend to find out what's going on at the other audition, which is where Shrek is happening, uh, the one where I'm at 319th. Find out that, that typing, which is a process of getting rid of actors right. based on like what you see on the resume and their, uh, their headshots. Um, find out that you got typed in and, and that you are singing soon. So then you sprint 10 blocks back to the original studio, ask the monitor uh, of the audition, sweating and out of breath. If you missed your audition, find out that you're early, pick a song, get prepared. Wait, wait, wait. Finally audition at 3.45 p.m. and do well. Get a call back to dance the next day. Frantically try to find someone to work for you the next morning. Head to work until midnight the night before you have a dance call back in the morning. Sleep. What a day. And that was a post that I put up and has been used in in, in acting classes as like a a wake-up call for their students of like that this is what people do on a regular basis. Like I said before, I'm not someone who does that regularly. I do a little spurts of that, but that mm-hmm. was just one of the craziest days I've had in New York. Right. So imagine and trying to here. do that every day. Right. But that's how hard some people... I have to call my friend Carrington Griffin and ask him. He gave me this quote one time um, of... And I can't remember, but it was almost like this pyramid. Like, people who are good don't do what the people who are great go to the ends of doing. And he's like, people who are great don't do what the, um, the things that the people are, who are amazing um, are doing. Mm-hmm. And I think about that sometimes when I'm like, either, even like sitting up and writing a song or making excuses while I'm falling asleep or why I didn't complete something. And I always feel like it has to be perfect with everything. And especially like writing and stuff. But um, I just like to complete things. So um, I just keep trying to push myself to figure out how I can elevate myself in all areas of life. And then, you know, especially being a performer on stage. And then like we talked about being a performer as just James Major Burns. And so it's a lot to think about, but, and I do want to be great. And I was watching Pose today and they were talking about um, somebody feeling like he was, um, great and feeling like um he was legendary or um this um uh teacher they had a graduation for one of the um, main characters and the teacher was telling the um mother of the student that she realized like when she saw her like how legendary she was and she was saying these things to her and then somebody had another scene of like how you were how he was feeling about himself and not to be ashamed of feeling that way. And like, I, those are like the things I feel for myself and think about myself, regardless on what level it is. So when I say that I'm great, I am great. I'm one of the greatest, but, you, but you can be too. <laughs> Agreed. I, I think that, um, I think that a lot of it comes down to, um, what you're willing to 
give, you know, I mean, I, I think that something that I grew up with was there's someone, there's, there's always going to be someone out there that's singing better than you or dancing better than you or acting better than you or has more credits than you or is taller than you or is more buff than you or is prettier than you or, or is, you know, skinnier than you or whatever it may be. Um, Waiting to take your spot. You know, and that is just like, absolutely. And, and, you know, if, even if like the, the best player in the world or the best actor in the world, you know, trains and trains and trains and trains, you know, if they're not training as hard as someone who's like right there, you know, one day that that's they're, they're it's going to be the, their downfall because they took it for granted, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that I, and especially time and life and, and, and cre- creativity and like what we have right now and in front of us, I think is, is really important to like, think about when, when we try to make excuses for why we're not writing more, or why we're not right. singing more, or why we're not doing more gigs. Or, when I first got here, I wasn't doing, doing any things. extra stuff. I was right. fi- trying to figure out how I was going to do the podcast, but then I was like lacking we, in other areas. We were, we were here. We listened to some of your original music. Right. So, and you know, I'm and, and always asking. about like doing stuff and, and, and how you were going to write when you were here, and you have. And I mean, you've written a lot since you've been here. And, and I also had the Pride performance in Columbus. Right. When's that? No, I said I had the Pride oh, performance. It was like the first week we had. Up? Yeah, in Akron, I'll be performing in Akron Pride August twenty fourth at one fifteen p.m. tentatively. So around one o'clock, you can show up, see me, in Akron. Yeah, and we've been talking about a set list, and it's going to be a great, some great, some great songs he's going to sing for y'all. Some great original songs, mm-hmm. but I'm really working some hard classics. to improve this Absolutely. one from the last time to have the level of performance, mm-hmm. like for myself, right. be pleasing to what like as. Because I always judge my performance as mm-hmm. something I will want to be um, pleased by when I'm watching it. And sometimes I don't fit the glove. And sometimes you don't even know why that is. Sometimes, right. you know, like, sometimes I'll watch myself on videotape and I'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. But I don't know why I don't like that. Just something in me was like, mm. And I think that, like, how we talked about even from, the, from day one, about how people are like, oh, I don't like, I, 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 I'm upset. Like, why are you upset? I'm just, I just am. It's like, okay, well, you need to have a reason. Right, you need to understand. So you need to, so, because the, only, the first way to, f- to fix a problem is to know what the problem is. And I think that uh, that's a, we have, ha- have had such a really great contract here together because we, a lot of the time, we reflect on our days and, and what has happened. And we yes. talk, you know, I mean, we have open communication about, Things that we do and other people do and, and, and that the show does and the theater does that, that we can talk about that I don't think I could have on. developed Donkey the way I, can't, I I have without like us having our reflection time like at night with the Fire Squad. Myself, Corey, Sarah, and Lucy. I always want to call her Fiona first. But, Fiona, um, Dragon, Donkey, and Farquaad. Yes, and it's been such a great time because like you guys, like it's more that then you like giving an opinion, but it's like you care enough to even have that opinion and solution for me also. Like not just telling me what was wrong or, but having suggestions or different ideas for me that you thought I fit, that fit me well or something that you even noticed me doing that I didn't notice. And like being able to have that from you guys and being able to do that for you, you also has um, helped me as an actor. Yeah. I think that this, this contract have been, has been really great. Because it reminds me a lot of uh, a professional version of my community theater that I do in East Lyme, um, Connecticut, um, 
where, you know, the people that, not that I haven't made like very close friends in any of the shows that I've done, but this is a very, like, I've never um, lived with the people besides when I went on a, a small children's, children's tour about the Wright brothers. Um, I did, I, those are the only people that I've lived with other than this. Cause I've never been housed before. Cause I've always been at Iverton or in New York. So I can, I'm usually housing myself. Um, but this is the first time that I've like felt kind of like, like this is, this is my home. These are my people. Um, this is who I talk to every night. You know, what are we doing? You know, are, are we, you know, are we, are we going to sit and drink and talk or uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to, um, going to just hang out? But we literally made time for it every night without planning to like make time for it. And right. then as time went on, I was like, Oh, are, are we having reflection time? Or is it going down? Right. All right, let's go. And it was always on the porch, no matter yeah. what the weather was. <laughs> right. Yeah, we were always outside. I had to start getting in the, sitting in the chair because my back was just killing me on the ground. You know, I'm the oldest of the bunch. <laughs> so it was getting a little tough. So back to Shrek the Musical. Mm-hmm. So you get the call for Farquaad. Where were you? I was at work. I was uh, in the kitchen at work. I'm a food runner X slash Expo uh, in, at Five Napkin Burger uh, on 84th Street in New York City. Did you answer on the first call? No. Okay. No. I saw that I had a a call from Ohio, and I said, oh, could it be? And so I called them back and <laughs> talked to Chris Byerly, which was so funny because she was like, I just want to like read you your contract. And I was like, um, I was like... I was confused because I was like, I, I was like, I, can you just send it to me and I'll read it. Like that's okay. Um, but we well, we talked about it, which was just fine. I had her, I had her read it to me as I was like running food with her, her in my ear. Wow. Like just pressed between my ear and, <laughs> and my shoulder. Um, but yeah, and then I got it and I called my mom immediately and I had a few other things that were kind of in the um, in flux at that point um, that were up in the air um, that didn't work out and so I ended up signing the contract and coming to Ohio and how long did it um was the time between you know like your call well the time you got the call back and the phone call like how much time had went by um I really couldn't say um probably I want to say like March 3rd was the March 3rd or March 5th was the The call back was the next day was the 6th um, I want to say like maybe three, four days. Oh, they were like, "Hey, Corey, you are far quiet. We want you to be far quiet. You funny. You <laughs> is funny." Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually when we listened to little tidbits of your of your other podcast, when I wish they had said something funny like that to me, like that to Grace, and like, "Do you want to be green all summer? Do you want to be short all summer? Do you want to be on your knees all summer?" I would <laughs> right. Have been like, uh, <laughs> Uh, who is this? <laughs> She's. I think she asked me, like, how do you feel about being, like, a donkey all summer? And I said, I would love that. <laughs> like, just like that. I don't know why I was, like, a white woman that early in the morning. But I said, yes, yeah. of course. I called her in the bathroom of Five Nathkenberger back, and she answered. And then I had to, like, I was, like, taking so much time talking to her that I was, like, okay, I'm going to go back to work. So then I had to go and... uh um, back to work and run food and do that and deal with the deal with the chefs and talk to them and talk his to his life. So you find out Sarah's going, so you guys get to the airport. Mm-hmm. You fly here, you get here, and now you're waiting to see who else is going to live with you. So what's going through your minds like once you got here? 
Um, well, when I got here, I was very excited because I was very excited to be doing something new and to be at a new theater with new people, mm -hmm. um, with a new director and new connections and, you know, all, all these, all these things. Um, and we got in, we loaded our stuff into the van, we came here, we waited, we, and we were kind of waiting for, for James, although I thought that I was coming here and meeting a different donkey, and so then I had to kind of work that out with, with, with Sarah, because Sarah was like, no, oh, no, this guy's playing, playing donkey, and I was like, oh, I thought this guy was playing donkey, and then when we talked to Chris Byerly, she was like, no, this person's playing donkey, and I was like, okay, <laughs> great, can't wait to meet this person, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and I didn't really even, I, I didn't really know who the other guy was, but I, I had met him very briefly at the audition, but I, I didn't know who he was. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, new person. Um, and then you came, and we instantly connected and instantly had a great time. And, um, yeah, we <laughs> we haven't really looked back since. It's been great. So yeah, I, it's been great. It's I been really, really great. You. The housing situation with you and Sarah um, and our, you know, group of people that we, you know, usually have hanging out yeah you know it's great the first <laughs> the first squad yeah. and the, the time we have spent together has mm -hmm. been uh, so much fun yes it has i will miss it and i know we won't get a chance to do it like this again but no. i know that the bond that no, we've created we're going to dinner tonight we're going yes. to a nice restaurant we're, we're about to get up. fancy yeah. we're gonna look good we're gonna eat good tonight absolutely we are and it's gonna be a good time so i have to ask you like i've asked everyone else okay. what was your first impression of donkey when you first got to see donkey Okay, I know I know Grayson asked this, but I I, I want to clarify. Um, do you want both answers of, of you? And, yes. Okay. Well, like I just said, um, right, you when I met you, one. we it, we were very very close from the moment that we kind of um, we shared interests. We were very um, <laughs> we were very um, both very committed to what we were doing here, and we both had um, very vibrant. Energy and like personalities, and right? We're both very outgoing and um, and very commu uh, c communicative. I, I guess would be the word. Yes, uh, I don't really know. I'm not great with vocabulary, but Close we enough. communicated really well with each other um, about you know everything from our day, from who we were to our relationships to our relationships with the cast to, right. you know, everything. You know? And when we so, moved downstairs, we were like, had a little like, um, yeah, I miss you moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like, I was no longer like, cause we had had you and Trey and me and Bree had conversations on the phone, all four of us. Cause right. I was on the phone with her on speakerphone and you were on the phone with him and speakerphone. You know, my and first picture these, like, was tough. Yeah, like, I was it, like, ah, yeah, yeah. I miss Trey. Yeah, you were stressed. I was stressed. They were stressed. It was just, it was a, a stressful time. You would yes. say. But, um, but yeah. It, it, uh, and then as far as Donkey goes, I had seen two productions of Shrek before, before coming here. Um, neither of them was very good. Um, but, <laughs> but at least I got to feel out what, right, what with it the is. Show. And I, I think that Donkey is my favorite part. You know, like I, I like that I get to ad lib as 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 Farquaad, and I think that's fun. Yeah. But I think that there's so much meat meat in both parts. Like, and you're on stage with Shrek so much, and on stage with Fiona, and and um, have all these great opportunities and moments um, where you get to be the comedic relief of of his journey. Right. Um, which I think are really fun. Um, 
And I think then, and I, I thought it was funny to go in and see you sing forever with Sarah for the first time because I knew you both could sing, but no one else knew you could sing because I had heard, you know, you sing around the house all the time and yeah. you sing in the car all the time and, you, <laughs> you know, you sing all the time. Um, so because of that, I just like knew you had a really good voice. So I was excited to hear you sing that particular song, but I wasn't like, so like, wow, James yes. can sing because I already was, had that moment. Everyone else I mean? literally <laughs> Yeah, they were out. all, they were they all. Were like, Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was like, "Well, that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> that's why yeah. they brought you, me here. You brought, you brought the barn down, you know what I mean?" Uh, but the, <laughs> uh, okay, that was and, a good um, one. It was fun, uh, and so I, I. But you know, I, I was so confident that I thought that we could make a moment together, and we really have we tried. tried. And you know this we show so much better than I, I did yeah. going into it because you had done it twice already, and mm-hmm. I had never played this part or even been in the show. Um, and had never really done mo- much research on it up until getting the script. Um, but it was really interesting how you were like, no, they don't have any scenes together on stage. Like, they don't have any, like, parts t- where we can, like, do that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. And wow. then we got to it, and I was like, we had wow, like, I'm times. not on stage with James at all, which would be gold, you know? It, it would be, be magic. Amazing. <laughs> uh, we had two different... Uh, Ja- Bass ja- and Jelly. Ja- Bass and Jelly. Yeah. We had that's two times where you, when you called me the pony the first time, and I was like, I said something back to you, yeah, like you, whatever. You called me Willy Wonka, but you really wanted to call me Noomba Loompa. Right. I was like, oh, not today, Willy Wonka. And, and I liked Willy Wonka too. Like I thought right. that was funny. And then when I dropped my doll, yeah, I just looked down. I was like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, we could have made me. that a bit, but you know, it's right. just like, it's, it's just, just not the time. Right, it's not... it's, uh, Shrek already left. Yeah, it's like the, the dance, the scene needs to move on, and we tried, we tried really hard, mm-hmm. but it just, it just couldn't happen. Yeah. So, what, what was like your first impression of the rest of the cast? Um, it like, uh, it, it was interesting because I had never been one of the not not to say like I'm old, um, but I'd never been on the older side of more the cast. experience also. Right, and I, I, between me and Lucy, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't know if I'm wrong, but I, I think we're the only two that have done professional theater before. Um, there are a lot of them that are training or in school right now, um, and this is their their summer job, which is awesome um, and great for experience and a great credit. And uh, a lot of them will go back with some of them will go back with understudy credits, which will be great for them and a great experience of learning how to do that, which will be awesome um, and, and probably um, more confidence also. Right, and you know that's that's the goal is that when you're at when you're training to like if you have the summer off to book a summer stock show, and this technically isn't a summer stock show because the, the run is so much longer than a, than a normal summer stock season. But um, but it's a great contract um, for them to kind of get gain some experience before going back and and doing more stuff and um, and learning, you know. But um, it, so it was very interesting because I had never been one of the older people. But um, you know, the rehearsal process moved quickly. Everyone was very professional. We kind of um, we you know had a had a very quick process. Chris Byerly, I mean uh, Beiser. Um, our director, Chris Beiser, um, kind of ran things so smoothly and, and very professionally, and it was very... I love it. Yeah, it, it, it was great. It was really great. And then we got into the theater, and tech was a long, 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 long process, but we got through it. And then since then, the show has been great. Um, and I'm I'm just personally just very ready to go home. 
just because I miss my nephew and I miss my girlfriend and I miss my mom and I miss my family and I miss my dogs and I miss my home and yeah. having a car. And Corey you know. is actually the emotional person of the house. You probably would think it was going to be yeah. me, but it's Corey. I don't and it's know. a beautiful Sarah's thing. Sarah's pretty close. She's close, but I think you got her. You were, you were, the, you were the emotional one at the beginning. Right. And We've all kind of taken our our. our, our our turns. I think James was the most emotional one at the beginning. Sarah was emotional in the, in the middle because of yeah. her family um, coming and, and seeing her and stuff like that. And then and every I'm, time you watch Grey's Anatomy, yeah. <laughs> okay, Grey's Anatomy is a heart wrenching show. Okay? okay, but just saying. But no, I feel you because I'll be right in my room crying to Pose. Yeah, <laughs> Pose, Pose in the words right, of Thomas. Right. But I'm always crying to that. But um. What did these last seven, I'm about to say last seven episodes, these last seven shows mean to you? Um, if you can sum up Shrek in these well, last seven shows. Well, here's the thing. Ooh. I think that we are all getting to a point where a lot of us have never been in a show this long. And I think that a lot of us in the cast are antsy to be, to be done, but don't really want to be done because we, we, we've, gain some really close relationships through the process of the show. Um, and now we're, you know, we have notes being taken on, on Thursday morning. Allegedly. Um, we have notes being taken on, on Thursday morning, <laughs> um, which, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and, and, and which is a good thing. Notes are, are great and, and, and necessary for the creative process. Um, the way that they came up and, and all those things are, 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 are besides the point. But I think that we all in these seven shows can really learn something from this experience um, uh, of like, you know, how, how a show grows and how, how, how a show can be refined. And even myself, uh, mostly of, of, of everybody can, can figure out like, you know, there, there's a time and a place and, 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 a, and a moment that, that needs to be created. And, and there, there are things that need to happen in the show um, and you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's power and consistency and, and, and I think that we all can, can learn a lot from, from this, from this experience and from these last seven shows about how to, how to kind of, um, hone in on right. what is important, you know, cause we've even talked about like, okay, like I know that a lot of my like little bits are fun and, and they make people laugh, but you know, if they, if they, if, if it's at a point where like, People are changing stuff, and 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 you don't, and you want no 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 ads, no changes, no anything like that. Right. I will take, you know, I'll, I'll we can pick and choose what I take out and what was set at rehearsal. And um, one thing I've been most consistent with is my songs. Like I don't change up right. the way I sing them because they're already a, a lot of I do words. When I crack a lot. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> some of us are uh, of are brownies, yeah, yeah. and some of us are. <laughs> cookies yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't want to say cracker because, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right, was, that would have been a, I mean it's a, a radio show right. no one really ever has to know <laughs> right you know I have to make a public apology on my next episode I would like to apologize to all the salt teams in the world <laughs> but no like when it, uh, we've talked about like Casera has room to play in her songs mm-hmm. and it kind of made me want I was like what can I do right. and one day I was like I'm gonna try a new run and it just it ran off mm-hmm. and I was like okay so I should have Thought about that one, but right. I'm like, you know what? I don't really need to add anything to this. No, agreed. And I think that like it, it comes down to like what what you can give to the story, like what you can add to the story. Like there are certain things being done in the show, myself included, that just like 
don't aren't necessary to the the lineage of of the story and where it needs to go. Right. Um, you know, so I have certain things that I have have picked pick pinpointed myself um, that I know you know I've taken too far because of freedom that you know uh, was there or wasn't there. Or, um, again, besides the point. Um, sometimes being in the moment on stage. Time is not like you. It's not like you're just understanding. Like, oh, ten minutes have went by. Fifteen minutes have went by because I'm in a scene doing lines. And uh, I agree, but that you have you, you. I have a responsibility as an actor to stay in control of of what I'm doing and knowing yes. how long each thing can take and knowing how long each bit will take approximately so that I can keep the show moving yeah. because I could you know sit there and shake my butt all day and make people laugh but that's and not important you know so I, I was going to say on stage you may not be able to tell but I'll tell you something being off stage in those wings after Duloc like I, I love everything you do I think one of my favorite things in the show is the person you call on and they get a whole experience throughout the show you just call them out and they just don't even know and they love it like especially some of the men that you've done it for Mm -hmm. like um coming out never seen some of them have never seen a theater show before at all had some very interesting people come out i think that's been Um, so amazing yeah there's one man came out what was his name andy Andy was his name, and he came out of the show to our meet and greet and said, this is my first show that I've ever been to, first musical, first theater experience I've ever had, and I loved it. And, um, you know, if I had to, you know, look at him and take a first glance of, like, what kind of a guy he is, he doesn't he he, I promise, was not what you right. would expect a theater goer to look like. So I was right. not expecting him Six to, five, one, go along pounds, with it as well as, well as he did in the show. Right. Uh, and he ended up having a great time, and I'm sure he'll be back, which is awesome for him. Um, In the he, theater. Great. And I think that um, I've also had, like, I've had some, you know, teens. I had one of my campers was at the show the other, the and other day. And that was fun to see you get excited. Like, when you came yeah. back and you were like, Jacob. I was like, what? Because it's not, it's not every day that I... Cause it, if I were doing the show in Connecticut, it'd be different because a lot of people would come see the show for me because I know people in Connecticut. Whereas right. I don't know anyone here, so the only people that I know that came to see the show were, were my mom and my sister. Right. You know, and Trey by association, but and Sarah's family by association, but I didn't really know any of them, really. Right. Um, and so to get to spend some time, about eight days in two weeks with, with, this, uh, with this, you know, teenage kid who's like... 16 years old and and was great in camp and elite one of my leaders in the in the group of boys that I had and then he came to the show and sat in the front row and I got I knew it from the moment that I saw him as the guard when I went on for story of my life you're it I don't care I don't care if anyone laughs that's loud. when you came in I don't care it. I don't care you're it because I I am so happy you're here I and was so in the excited front row because it. it was a, a surprise like I was like I didn't know he was coming and like I love when they're when they come through um, um, the line to see us, and they're like, "I came to see you," and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it's one of my campers!" Because like you're just thoroughly excited mm-hmm. and surprised, yeah. and that's been really fun. Yeah. And I'm sure camp was fun. It was fun to see you work with kids because you kids because you talked about it so much. You had the whole um, surprise thing with the shirts for Aaron when you got here. Uh, yeah, that's a fun story. You've talked yeah. about, um, like, to see you so excited for one of your um, oh, Grace. mentees, um, yeah. Grace. Yeah. 
you guys, I wish we were out and Corey would just jump up and be like, oh my gosh, she was so excited for the award. Were that you she with was... me when I, when, I, when I ran outside the patio? Oh, yes, that was you. I was. Yeah. He was so excited for the award that she was nominated for and um, his mentor, Aaron, was nominated for also. And just to see you, that's another thing I, I love about you and I, I think we have in common of um, how we express our love for the people we um, are around. Mm-hmm. To, so I like that and I, that attracts me to people. And um, so it was really nice to um, see you through that lens in the beginning. Yeah, I, I th- camp has has always been a, a huge thing for me for the past like seven years. Um, I've been a camp counselor this past year. I had the opportunity to be the um, uh, <laughs> sorry the, uh, the I'm like really acting teacher, which was really really great. I got to use my training <laughs> in action with with kids. Um, and like come up with a lesson plan and, and, and reasons behind that lesson plan and, um, and an attention for each, each day and what I wanted to accomplish, which was so great, um, taught me so much. And when I came and I love the kids and a lot of them come back, um, every year and we have a lot of regulars that have like grown up in the camp every year, um, and, and and doing and coming back and I see them around January also because we do our youth our youth show in the winter time. Um, I feel like that's our way of helping the world be a better mm-hmm. uh, world. It's like watering like the grass, like especially I, I never understood what the meaning of like the children are the future right. in songs until I got became an adult and understood like they will shape the new worlds. Right continually until the end of time and being able to have that type of good impression Mm -hmm. on people like me knowing that you're a good person is it it excites me that you'll be able to share everything you've learned and you really care about these kids and they have a, a good teacher Right. Well, I, Aaron Lee Souza Stanley is my favorite person. She's been my mentor since I started. She took a chance on me when I was a junior in high school, cast me as Rolf, Sound of Music. Um, we ended up having a, a great show. Um, I won an award for, for Best Couple in a Musical with the girl that was playing Liesl. And uh, I was captain of the football team, three-sport athlete, all conference and every in every sport I played, I was I was big jock, you know, doing that in high school, and I took a chance in junior year, did the sound of music, and then in the fall of my senior year, I ended up having a bye week on the week that the that the play was was scheduled, so I could do the show. So for the first half of my senior year, I went from school to practice to rehearsal for most of my uh, my fall. Mm. Um, which was really interesting and um, really challenging, but uh, showed me, you know, uh, what my passions were and what I was doing. And I think that going back to, like, you know, us watering the roots, uh, per se, and what we give back to people, I think that a lot of um, a lot of the world right now is changing, and I think I am, am happy to go into camp because that's when a lot of younger boys are being deterred away from theater because they think it's uncool or because they think it's gay or because they think, you know, they're going to be made fun of or judged for doing it. And thankfully I went to a high school where, you know, everyone did everything, you know, and I had friends that were on the football team that were very talented and very well-respected on the football team that were also doing the musical, which, you know, gave me an in and gave me, you know, the the confidence to do it. Um, But they like were, 
I remember the notice said like, oh, bring in sheet music. And I was like, I don't even know where to get sheet music. Like, can I just sing to a karaoke track? And they were like, yeah. And so I sang um, How to Say Goodbye uh, Yesterday. Did you always sing though before? Yeah, yeah. I knew that I could sing. Um, but whenever I got, in, I, I got, when I was in the fifth grade, I auditioned for select chorus, which is, um, you know, basically like chamber choir, um, and didn't make it in the fifth grade. And my siblings had been in it and we, we all sing, and I'm the youngest of four. And so we all sing, but, but none of them, like once it was a choice to go, go into chorus class in high school, none of them did it besides my older brother, Kyle, but he only did it for one year, I think. Um, and he's now, I believe turning 30 or 31 this year. Um, okay. Over the 30 mark. Um, but, um, I tried it my freshman year and I was in concert choir and I like, this is like not what I wanted. I wanted to be singing music with my friends and like not this big choir of people who just wanted an easy A and it was very different. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted at that point either, you know? Um, and then I tried it again sophomore year and ended up changing my schedule again. And then junior year I ended up, and I, I sang the, I sang the national anthem at basketball games and, and, and. I know that's days right. and stuff like that, but I never like was doing, um, I knew I could sing and I knew I could dance and I knew I, knew I was c- sort of a character person and people like, oh, had always told me like you belong on a stage and always compare me to Jim Carrey and my whole life. And, and so I knew that I, I, I wanted to do something, but then I, I didn't really have the confidence to do it until the sound of music. And the only reason why I had the confidence to do it is because I was very self-conscious about not being able to read music and I knew all the music from the sound of music already because of the movie. Mm. And so, and that's that. Yeah, and so I camp for me is very important because I take a lot of the younger younger boys, um, you know, aged eight to thirteen, you know, kind of under my wing and, and kind of show them, you know, that you can be like a guy's guy. You can be, uh, you know, anybody and be a, a male in theater, you know, and and no one no one can tell you what you should or shouldn't do because you, if it's your passion, it's your passion. And, you know, I could never be, I don't think that my passion is being, you know, a, a, a cornerback in the NFL, even though I love football. Right. I don't think that I ha- I can do that. I don't think that, not that I don't think I can't, but I don't think I'm ready to do that. Somebody is, and somebody is doing that right now. I'm pursuing being on Broadway. I, that's what I want. I want to be the at the top of my level, you yes. know, in what I'm doing, in the industry that I'm in. Yes, I want and, to be an expert. Right. And so that's that's what I'm shooting for and that's what I want want to do. Yeah, so And I believe that you'll achieve it. Right. And I think that by by helping these kids and like you've talked to a bunch of um you know, had them on even on your podcast, the kids in our cast who are great. Um but I've had some very, you know, interesting conversations with some of them because, you know, Drew has asked, uh, you know, a bunch of questions, uh, the Munchkin Mayor, about, um, about, you know, points and, and, and child actors and payment and, and all these things that, like, you know, you wouldn't expect from a 12-year-old kid. And he's very intuitive and really wants to know more. And I've had lots of... Um, Lots of uh, little tiny conversations here and there with with other with other people in the cast who are training right now, and and um, some of the other kids in the cast who are interested in doing this, you know, in the long run, um, about kind of what uh, their options are, even and what you know they should expect. And um, in my and and this is just in my short 
period of, of time working as a professional actor uh, in my two and a half years of working as a professional actor. Um, so, um, you know, I'm just trying to be as positive for the people that I'm working with and, and that are looking for, you know, answers, you know. Growth. Yeah, growth, Great. exactly. Greatness yeah. wants to be surrounded about. Surrounded right. by greatness, as quality, you said. Quality, yeah. Quality, quality looks to be around quality. I agree, yeah. So as we wrap up. Oh, wow. It's already been an hour. Yes. It's been great um, talking with the Corey Farquaad candidate. And um, what do I say at the end of these shows? Is there anything you want to say to the cast? Um, to the cast? Yeah. I think um, go big or go home. Like when you get to school go for it. Like if it, like we talked about earlier on this podcast, if, if there's like writing that you want to do poetry, stand up, like we talked about how I'm, when I get back to the city, I, I want to, you know, get off my, uh, off my butt and, and really like stop making excuses about why I'm not in stand up comedy and why I'm not even trying. Um, and so like go big or go home, like make, make big choices anytime on stage, off stage, be silly and find, you know, the the journey and the path that's right for you. I think that all of you have something about you that you can capitalize on and that you can, you know, and we all have things about ourselves that we can work on, you know, in the future and working towards our goals. So I think you all have the capability to be very, very successful. So just go get it. That's all. Um, and James, 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 James. James, I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> you have absolutely no idea. This this whole contract, this whole time, I'm very happy that I got to be the last one of your podcasts, um, of, of at least the cast, I believe. Um, just because seeing your growth, even as, as a, you know, how you do your podcast and how professional you want it to be and how professional you want to treat it. And, um, in my, in my, you know, me being an idiot and not wanting to send you my email address and all that, you know, and not do the prompt and just because I live with you and just right. ask you questions. Like, just send it to me. I'm you know, like, no. And, and, and just seeing how you want to hold yourself to a higher standard is, um, has really, you know, influenced me about how I want to go through, you know, the next phase of my journey and my chapter of, of life. Um, and then I have some questions for you, if you don't mind. I have like two questions for you. Yes, I'll, let me tell you how I felt about you, and then you can ask me your questions. Okay. You have been my best friend here the entire time. <laughs> You're my scarecrow. I said, I'm, I'm Dorothy. You're my scarecrow. Fiona is my tin man, mm -hmm. and Sarah's the lion. Sarah's the lion, and we're the four best friends that anyone can have. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have helped me get through this process so much. You have been so open. And helpful, and we have spent, you know, probably the most time together here than I have with anyone else. And just all of the talks that we've had have helped me so much. When it was time for me to do that audition, you guys were like just ready, and and that's the type of people I want to yeah, work with. Talk about that. Wow. Right. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> all right, I auditioned for the Color Purple National Tour, and I needed to get a video together. And Corey was like, "I got you." Sent me the email, got it together. He brought in um, a friend, and you know we got that. I had my Miss Silly down, and you guys had it for me. Helped me rebuild my resume, and just you know helped me understand um, myself better as an an actor. Like there were a bunch of ideas you gave me for 
donkey that I thought were like hilarious. And like, you're even so supportive, like even the things that I just did that you just were like, that was, that was super funny. Like the day I yell pineapples. <laughs> yeah, that, I was, I was on my, I was, I was on the just floor. just been so supportive the entire the time. I almost missed the change because I was on the floor. I was happy <laughs> somebody got it because yeah. I didn't think anyone would get yeah. it, but I was happy you got it. But. You've been very um, Yeah, it's been great. Supportive. We've had a lot of great talks. We've, we've yes. I think. I think that I learn a lot every time that I talk to you about things that I think that I know about or like, you know what I mean? I, Especially I with our personalities. Right. Uh, we didn't, we never like clash. Right. We, like you said, we were able to communicate and there was never an argument. It was always a conversation. Yeah. Agreed. I don't think we've ever argued. We never even, I'd never even really been frustrated with you. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So what would you like to ask? I just have two questions. Me. Yes. Um, my first question is, in what way do you think you've grown the most since doing these podcasts with your cast? As an actor. I know that's a weird okay, question. Wait. <laughs> that's okay, wait. a weird question, but like, as an actor, how do you think you've grown by having these relationships and these talks with your fellow actors? It has definitely helped me understand. Um, it, it, it has excited me so much because I... D- I knew I wanted to do this before I got here, but I didn't think I would be able to, one, figure out a way to do it, um, two, have everyone actually want to do it, because I mentioned it very early, and there were a couple of people that were like, yeah, but like I didn't get that much of a response, so mm-hmm. then it kind of made me like not want to do it, mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, maybe that's like doing too much, but um, having people get excited about doing this and being able to talk to them, it gave me an opportunity to learn everybody. I had a, a, a serious, not even serious, like um, like uh, super divulging business or anything, but I was able to talk to everyone, you know, have a, like a heart to heart with them, look them in their eyes, listen to them and learn about them in a different way. So I had like a perception about some of the castmates, not good, not bad, but when I was a- actually able to speak with them, it just opened up my eyes about how I you like view people and judge people and how people like see me because I didn't like when they were like telling me how they viewed me, I was just like, Oh no, I live in Youngstown, you know, like right. literally half of them thought I like live in New York City or just felt like they thought I was so like very talented or inspired them. In many different ways. Right, and it just goes to show you, like, I didn't know who you were or what you did, or, um, and I think that, like, a bunch of them just assumed that you had trained in musical theater and that, and that, that's, you were from New York and went to some college and, you know, blah, 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 and then now you're here. Right. And I think that's just, like, what everyone assumed. Like, and I didn't, I, I only found out who you were or what, you know, anything about you, you know, an hour or two before you showed up. So, so, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think what I have learned, um, and like more learned, more understood about myself and what I've learned is how much I love um, performing one and um, talking with people and trying to find, I felt like I've been trying to like find my purpose or what it is I was um, like meant to do. And I just feel like it's just like a good exchange of energy that I want to put out into the world. Like I was saying, like, that's how I feel like I'm able to help change the world by, I feel like this is a way for me to talk to people with who are creatives and get, and just 
just talk because I know sometimes meeting other actors, people can be out to get you. They can feel like, well, oh, I'm not going to tell Corey about this audition because if he goes, he's, he might get it over me. So I don't need to tell him. And I'm, I feel like, you know, there's enough room for us to get somewhere together. And that's just like the message I want to spread. So it's really helped me have a clearer vision of the message I want to put out into the world and how dedicated I can be to something. And it like opened my mind a little bit out of, um, outside of like theater also, especially when Drew asked me about the kids being on the show. And I just see this like as another lane of something that I would uh, absolutely love to do and something that I didn't think I would be able to do as far as like have a show, right. move it to um, visual, possibly like an actual talk show. It's like things mm-hmm. that I, I didn't realize like I was already doing it. Right. So that's, that's that. That's that number question. one. Yes. And number two, um, for reflection purposes and for um, the purpose of, you know, ever anyone that listens to this, what do you think has been the most helpful advice or helpful process thing, trick that you've learned from being here with, with us, with, with, with this cast, with, with this process um, that you've learned that you think would help someone else? Um, for me, it would be reflection. I think that right, reflecting right. on the day for me helps me so much you know, like, right. cause I, grew cause up, I was like, going to say like, just Jaren, listening, my best friend, Jaron Wilbur. I love him so much. Um, shout out, shout out to him and to my beautiful girlfriend, Brianna Butler. Um, but, hey. um, I think that he, what was I just talking about? Reflection. Right. <laughs> Me and him. Well, <laughs> I, I, I got lost in, in thought of, of my friends and my girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, that's um, funny. Um, we grew up, you know, doing community theater together and reflecting at the end of the day and just driving to our spot and hanging out and kind of going over steps and things that, um, we needed to work on and, and asking each other questions and kind of thinking of new things and all that kind of stuff. And that's, what's really important to me and important to my process is it's reflection. And I think that this has secured that this contract has secured that because of how much I've grown through this contract and, and through what works, what doesn't work. Um, situations that I thought I'd been right in when I wasn't, situations that I thought I was wrong and that I was, you know, right. um, or was right in or whatever, vice versa. Um, and I think that, that I wouldn't have made it through this contract, not just with you guys as friends, but you guys as, you know, Yeah, I don't think and, I would have been able to um, grow right. the way I did. So I was going to say listening, but reflection is a better word. Um, three things. No, I think, I think listening is, I think, I think listening is a great, is a great way to say like it. Like being able to listen to um, absorb, like we talked about. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to uh, what I'll start with first is um, tech. I mean, not tech week, but the rehearsal process with Chris. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous about it because of how I got here, and I was very nervous in the beginning um, of how to present in this type of situation. And it's my first big situation away from home for this long. So I just wanted to be great. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry, thank you. I just wanted to be great. So I, when we were taking notes, I wanted to make sure like I was understanding the notes and that I was getting, you know, getting that job done. So I knew one of my big notes was going to be slowing down when mm-hmm. I talk. Neat, so always. when he same. said it to same, me, same, like, same. Three or four times, it was making me so mad. You know, sometimes it's hard to understand you. <laughs> right, because, you know, 
So, so yeah, but, um, you gotta throw that in there. <laughs> just being able to sit back and listen because I talk. I'm already. I'm always ready to say something. So being able to no. sit back. I'm sorry. <laughs> that has been the third degree with James Richard Burns. <laughs> but like being able to sit back and even feel myself like tr- about to the say something. Challenge. Yeah, the, the jingle challenge. Um, feel myself about to say something, but I'm like, you know what? I need to just sit back and listen. So I feel like I, I've been able to become a better listener. And I, I've never had like the reflection time back home the way I have here. I feel like sometimes my friends are afraid to, and, um, Speak that openly around each other because we were real shady. We'd be real shady with each other. Like somebody cracked, they throwing shade. And you know me, I'm just like, yo, I don't care what happens. I'm going out there and I'm going to perform through it. Like in my group of friends, I never felt like the best singer or, um, and I feel like that's what people get excited mostly about is who has like the best voice, who can do like the best riffs and runs or whatever. So that never stopped me. And I always feel confident about myself and getting the contract did solidify for me that I can definitely go out there and work, but I already understood that before this, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know that I can, I know that I can, but getting the contract was like, and I think in my own opinion, I think since, since finding that out about yourself, since, you know, realizing that, I think that you've listened more, you know what I mean? I think you've really in this contract, asked a lot of tough questions. I think you've asked a lot of questions. I think you've learned a lot about training and about school and about, um, you know, different methods from having this podcast and doing something creative, you know what I mean? And doing something um, that, you know, is, is important to you. And I think that's, you know, half the battle is how can we grow when we aren't doing what we really, really want to do you know, but in in parallels to what we want to do, like songwriting, right. podcasts, you know, dance classes, you know, camps for kids, like right. all these things that, you know, like I learn so much when I'm with the kids because they think about things that I don't even think about because they're, they're limitless in their minds of like what can be done and what can happen because they don't understand limitations. It really opened up my, com- my mind like completely as far as like everything that I ever wanted, I feel like now I can make it happen mm-hmm. for myself. I was like, I just have to figure it out. Can't. Yeah, and you got and people in your that... corner, and you got people that are experienced, and you got people that that'll give you the good good advice, and that you can always call on to help you. you and you know, that's that's both here and at home. That's you know, in in the future, you'll find more and more people that you know might give you a completely different method or completely different talks than, than we've had. Right. That'll be more your your way Helpful of doing for me things, when right? I'm right. as I evolve and become the new James Major Burns that I will absolutely. But um, that's a wrap. It's yeah. been lovely having you. People, we're going to dinner. So I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, we're going to dinner. We're going to dinner. So Absolutely. For the last time, this is James Major Burns and... Corey Candelette. And this is The Third Degree. Thank you so much for having me, James. Bye-bye. <laughs>